WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Well, good morning, everybody. Mike Rayley here. What a nice morning. It's, uh, it, you know, it's cooler than summer, but it, uh, you know, so it feels a little like summer and still. Folks who like summer should be really happy because it's still going to get up in the 80s today. But it's uh, around 60 degrees. Do you have some 50s, uh, Captain Rufus? Well, folks like me who don't like the humidity of summer. I don't like it either. <laughs> are absolutely tickled pink yeah. to get up on a morning like this and have 55 or 60 degrees. Uh, I've often said that my thermostat was set when I was born in Boone at about 70. And anything past that, I just blow up. <laughs> well, you know, I, I grew little, up in, little pieces. <laughs> I grew up in Nash County, and if you ever worked in a tobacco field in uh, July or August, then, then you, you oh my know goodness. that it's not... Summertime is not a great time. No, of course, you guys love that flu-cured stuff, yeah. and we did the sun-cured burley. But there's, I, I'm looking forward to getting up to the mountains soon, and I, I'm, I'll, anybody wants to go to Boone, I will tell you that the leaves start turning pretty well about the second week in October. That's, that's the normal time, yeah. and we'll probably have a little cold snap. And, of course, there are other kind of mountains around, but I sort of favor Boone. Yeah. Since that's my hometown. Well, you get up to Grandfather Mountain, and you're probably seeing a little bit of color now. You, you are right now, yes. Yeah, and, and Beach Mountain and Mount Mitchell and so forth. Uh, there's some color there, but uh, it'll start spreading down. We, we're usually in November around here is our, right. is our peak. Well, so. we actually have nice fall weather here. I, I enjoy the – it's my favorite time of the year. You can sort of slow yeah. down. But I like got, winter, too, as long as we don't yeah. have heavy snow snowstorm. And the, the, what I've tried to do, I think we've talked about this before, is have something blooming every single every, yeah. season of the year. Every season, yes. And it's getting I'm, – I'm closing in on it. I've about got it covered pretty well. My uh, Sasanqua camellias are starting to bloom. Are yours? I really haven't seen any. I mean, there are a lot of, a lot of buds. But I really haven't seen yeah, I, any. But I don't I got, have that many camellias. I got a couple that are are starting to bloom. The Yuletide hadn't started blooming yet, has it? No, it better not. But you know, I think last year didn't you say that? It, weren't you telling us in it, September it, that it started it popping? It started up? blooming in almost the end of September. That's extraordinary. Which was just extraordinary, and yeah. lasted up through Christmas. And that's something that is that's a plant that's supposed to bloom around Christmas. Hence Correct. Yuletide. Why it's called Yuletide, right. and. Well, things are out of, out of balance these days, and I, I don't know exactly what it is, but if you grow up on a farm like I do, you learn to swing with the, the tide. Yeah. And no matter what happens, if you're a good gardener, you'll, you'll make do, except I don't know what we're going to do if we don't get some rain around here, though. I, I need about four inches of good, solid, slow rain to penetrate that that good old Wick County clay out there at my place. I know, clay. Do you ever do any disking, uh, tilling in your garden? 
I don't have that that much to do except my my flowers. I, you know, you've seen my yard. It's what you you name as a colonial yard. What well, just just no 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 just the grass. Because you don't, and I, I'm the same way. I don't really anymore because I have so many trees and shrubs and stuff. I can't really grow a good crop of right. of um, grass. So you know, I have weeds. I don't mind the weeds. Yeah. As long as you keep things neat, what's the diff? <laughs> as yeah. the beaver used to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, well, my wife says it, it, it's green, isn't it? Mow it down, and right. it, it'll look look good. I, I agree, it's, but it's I admire still grass. So that's the enemy of all mankind. That's right. That's uh, terrible stuff, and it pops up. I even noticed some on my walks. Uh, there's a, a really steep bank in front of this house, and there they have ivy that's growing on a lot of it, but there's still grass coming out of it too. <laughs> I don't know. How what you, do you do about that? I don't know. I don't think there's no way to kill it except have a, a backache and get with it. I mean, you can't, uh, it's easy to grow weeds on a steep bank, but if you want something a little more ornamental and you don't mind uh, the aggressiveness of ivy, for instance, that's fine. And I was amazed that it's growing in as much, the ivy's growing in as much sun as it is. Well, but. well it grow in the deep woods back, back there, in my deep woods, huge patches of it. Yeah. And right now is one of the worst times for it to seed. Yeah, it is. When if you're going to pull it now, you should have pulled it a month ago. Yeah, it's very, very aggressive and uh, can look. If you control it, it can look very good in a landscape as long as you don't have it growing up trees. Because that, after a while, that starts really weighting down the trees. But it can, it can. If you have walkways, ornamental walkways, mm -hmm. uh, stones, and so forth through there, ivy especially some of the variegated ivy, can look pretty good, I think. Well, it's good to look shame. But you got to stay on it. Yeah. Especially if you attach it to your house. Well, I won't, I won't ever attach any. <laughs> no, because it will attach. It, if you stood there long enough, it would attach to you. <laughs> you <laughs> and the more you prune it, the more it invigorates. So what do you have blooming besides the... I've, the, I've got a little bit of comedia. Yeah. I've got... Uh, the leftovers from the the late spring planting of coleus, begonias, impatience, and I, I fertilized them again yesterday. They're good until frost, and uh, of course the the whole patch of Mexican sunflower. I talk about that a lot on the show because I think if you if you don't have any Mexican sunflower, you're missing out on a lot because butterflies love it. Hummingbirds love it, and it's just a, a welcome sight from uh, late August all the way through uh, November, and it, it seeds by itself so well. It does, and it can look really pretty. It, it, it gets very tall, and it's easy to pull up. It very easy. Well, it it the the flower reminds me of a dahlia, uh -huh. and it's I, I don't know whether there are other colors. Maybe it's somebody out. In our audience can let us know is there is there colors other than the orange that they have are you, are you familiar I, with that? I haven't seen any other than that we have some in our memorial garden at, at church and some of the gardeners like it and some don't but it's still there and um, it's it's been controlled pretty well but it, it it you can see it coming up over a wall oh yeah and so it's a really nice backdrop you got this brick wall and you got the all these sunflowers and stuff 
up yeah, like another that. Another great contrast. Wonderful fall plant is Jerusalem artichoke. Both uh, cosmetic-wise from being just beautiful, and you can get the roots and buy, pickle them sometimes. Pickled artichoke. Now, have you root. done that? Did your mama do that? Well, I did it. I didn't. Oh, you I did it. I never knew about Jerusalem artichoke until somebody introduced me yeah. to it. And it grows about ten feet tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, that root system down below the they sort of remind me of a uh, 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 dahlia bulb, and it it uh, it's beautiful pickled. How does it taste? It's vinegar. What, what does it taste like? It tastes Chicken? like <laughs> not. It tastes like turtle. Turtle. <laughs> uh, have you had turtle? I've had turtle before. We used to have this. Wild game dinner back when I was attorney general that was headed up by my friend, the sod father, Commissioner Jim Graham. I remember that. And we would go to the uh, cafeteria in Cameron Village, not not the K&W, the other one. What was the name of that? S&W? No, not the the old one that was. Oh, uh, starts with a B, Ballantines. Ballantines. Yes. And they would set aside a night, and everybody that had done any hunting of any kind of game the year before, everything from raccoon. Oh, one one time they even had some snake on there. Now, I wasn't about to touch that snake. But Jim buffalo. Stevenson. Did you know Jim Stevenson? Absolutely. Yeah, Jim. Jim's wife worked for uh, our company, for worked for Durham Life Broadcasting before Mr. Curtis bought it, uh, Sonia, for years and years. And Jim was a really a big game hunter. Oh, absolutely. He, he furnished a lot of the stuff for the annual wild game dinner. Yeah. But the wildest game there was Jim Graham. Well, I guarantee you that. There's no doubt about that. I, was, in my book, I could have written three or four chapters on him alone, or our whole book on Jim Graham. But I, I enjoyed my company with him. And Thad, you're just wonderful old souls. And we're lo- uh, what bothers me sometimes in in the world we're losing the characters. Everybody's getting homogenized. They they watch yeah. too much uh, homogenation on TV. <laughs> Well, they have to in order to keep their job. Yes. <laughs> you know, everybody has to be, be careful about that. We're at Logan's this morning. If you wonder about Miss Ann, she's down at the beach. And uh, so uh, Brother Rufus and I are here. We're going to talk to some folks from Logan's this morning and talk with you. 919-860-9783. We will tell you that we will only be on two hours this morning. Uh, UNC is playing today, playing Duke. So inter uh, inter uh, ACC rivalry, big rivalry, a triangle rivalry, and uh, it's a, it should be a, it should be a, a good game because Duke is playing very well. And well, now to show you my loyalty to the Weekend Gardener, I turned down tickets to go to that game. And you uh, did, yes, sir, but I went to a good game last week. Well, don't turn down tickets, uh, UNC. Played Virginia and uh-huh. did very well. Yeah. Well, I appreciate I appreciate you doing that. It should be good. I'm sure if you went over there, and uh, you could get you you could talk your way in. Don't I you think. I think I'll just stay here. <laughs> I th- I'll stay here and take a nap. No, no, no! Don't do that. I'd have to say, Rufus. <laughs> Rufus, can you answer that question? I I I. I'm going to go downtown this afternoon for the the Bluegrass Festival. I, I figured you'd be there. I've always loved bluegrass, grew yeah. up with it. 
So we're on yeah. the periphery of downtown, and, right. and uh, so there, there's a lot of a lot of music that's probably already started. And it's it's free. That the, the, a lot of street scenes. That's the good thing about it. You don't have to pay to get into most of it. Yeah, and that's what makes it so great. Hey, buenos dias, jefe, ah. Rick Pareles. Hey, Rick, come back and, and talk to us. We're we're sitting in in Rick's place here at the Seaboard Cafe. Yeah, see, we're going to take a break. Uh, I, we need to talk to um, talk to um, somebody, uh, Raleigh. Raleigh from Raleigh. How's that? Uh, coming up on WP, that's what it says right there. That's what Jason tells us. Uh, more of the weekend gardener from Logan's straight ahead here on WPTF. For 40 years, it was the Tar Heel Gardener. And since then, the Weekend Gardener has invited you into their backyard. A WPTF tradition since 1945. We're back on WPTF at Logan's in downtown Raleigh. Lots of things going on. 20% off uh, outdoor glazed pottery, pumpkins and gourds, $4.99 and up. Buy three and get one free. Select boxwoods, two for $100, regularly $69.99. These are, I assume, the English boxwoods that grow very slowly. Uh, summer annual hanging baskets, two for $20. And uh, Harvest Festival coming up next week. That means probably they'll have uh, hayrides. They'll be pulling you around. You, you'd come back for that, wouldn't you, Rufus? Oh, there's no question about it. I'll ride the horse. I'll drive the horse. I think it's a tractor. You could drive the tractor. Yep, I can drive a tractor. <laughs> Let's see if uh, Raleigh from Raleigh, I assume it's Raleigh. Now, when we, I was telling Rufus when we were in Ireland, they called my wife and me Mr. and Mrs. Raleigh, and ours is R-A-L-E-Y. So, uh, good morning. Uh, actually, it's Richard from Raleigh here. Okay. Oh, Richard. Well, that's great. Well, that uh, blows that conversation. Richard, I'm glad. Glad that you're here. I'm sorry your name's not Raleigh. No. Uh, well, uh, actually, uh, there was a BBC series, Black Adder, that had a really good comment on uh, uh, Sir Walter Raleigh. But uh, any, uh, anyway, uh, the uh, I've got one for Rufus and then some tomato comments. Uh, uh, a slightly tipsy... Well, don't throw it at me. Just, just tell me about it. Just kind of <laughs> ease on in. <laughs> Well, uh, a slightly tipsy attorney general uh, goes into a bar. The uh, bartender asks, uh, what will it be? I'll go with a subpoena colada. And the <laughs> Did you ever say that Richard, in a bar? That's, that's great. <laughs> I love that. The, the, the a subpoena colada. Yeah, write that down in your book. I'm going to write now in my, my trusty book here. You could use that this afternoon or something. Subpoena Colada for Richard the Lionhearted. Yeah. When you try to get into the uh, Duke Carolina game. <laughs> so the, uh, the bartender replies, uh, uh, our best are the drinks in, we have the best drinks in town. And the, uh, the AG replies, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> Richard, I don't know where you come up with these, but they—they uh, they have have some potential. But I don't know about your writer. Well, well, I'm inspired by people like Bullwinkle, Red Skelton. Okay. Three oh, Stooges. Red Skelton. Yeah, I never liked Bullwinkle that much, but I like I like Red Skelton a lot. Yeah. You know, he he lived. Uh, 
I heard an interview with him. He said he lived in a 30-room house in, in uh, Hollywood, and he, uh, he and his ch- wife and children were still, still discovering new rooms each day. <laughs> well, well it, it, and now that they're building all these mega houses around here, I, I keep telling these people, uh, wait till they get to my age and they can't find the car keys, they'll be there the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, won't need the house. Just stay outside with the car. So uh, what were your comments about tomatoes? We got okay. a couple of uh, uh, Earlier in the year, I was interrogating uh, Merrill's Produce at uh, the farmer's market in Beaufort uh, about growing techniques, and he said the most successful eastern North Carolina grower uh, uses uh, nothing more than uh, a fresh bag of sterile uh, soil and uh, you just open the bag, cut a few drain holes in it, put a drip irrigation, and let her rip. That way you take care of uh, a lot of the soil-borne pathogens right away. Hmm. Interesting. It, Kim? I, I think Kim, black cow is Kim, sterile. Right? Kim, Kim Lampley is with us, the greenhouse manager. Do you grow tomatoes, Kim? Uh, my husband does. Okay. We grow them in raised beds. Yeah, that's a good, good way to grow them. Does uh, what Richard... Uh, just describe makes sense to you that's fascinating yeah I, I think that might work yeah it sounds right you're always thinking Richard you're always thinking well it, and then the uh, the other thing that occurred uh, there was a, a little bit of Darwinian action going on uh, the straw bale book said that you could uh, plant two plants per bale well uh, there was some competition that went on and it ended up uh, as the others were disease ridden in the uh, better boys with the stronger genes uh, prevailed. It created airspace. And uh, I remember now that the best success I've ever had with tomatoes is where you don't plant them too close. So uh, yeah. it, it all came back. Right. There, you, you want all these different varieties, but if you choose a few and give them plenty of room, uh, I think you get better results. Richard, we have to break for news, but always nice talking to you. All right. Y'all have a Thanks, great Richard. One. Now, you have a great one, too, my friend. All right. Thanks for being there for us. Yes, sir. Richard from Raleigh. Not Raleigh from Raleigh. <laughs> like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. More of the Weekend Gardener coming up here on WPTF. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. It's 8.36. We are at Logan's in downtown Raleigh. Pumpkins and gourds, $4.99 and up. You buy three, get one free. Outdoor glazed pottery, 20% off today. Uh, select boxwoods, two for $100, regularly $69.99 each. And I'm, I'm assuming... Um, Kim Lampley is with us. Kim, are those English boxwoods, I assume? Or? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, summer annual hanging baskets, too, for $20. And you got a harvest festival next week. Y'all, y'all go wild with the harvest festival, don't you, Kim? That's right. We've got uh, lots of family fun planned and some good sales going. There's going to be a lot of food trucks uh, around, so it'll be a good time. Yeah. Food trucks. You like food trucks, Rufus? Uh, yeah, I like them too much. Do you follow the food trucks? I follow them around the countryside. <laughs> I like that lobster sandwich down that we had one time down at Nelson's. Yeah. 
lobster sandwich. Well, Kimby, you going to have a hay right here? I don't think so. Oh, no. I, I, I don't think so. That would be a question for Kurt. He, yeah. he arranges all that. I was going to offer to drive the tractor being they a farm boy. in the past. Yeah. Don't go on that. I was hoping to. They might. It, the traffic, you know, might be the issue for I, that. I would think it would be. With all the construction, with the new buildings going up. That's right. So uh, that that might be an issue, but um, it's it's a pretty good time on Saturdays, just just every Saturday. I know it is. I mean, it's always like a festival on Saturday when we come, especially in in here at uh, the Seaboard Cafe. Uh, so, uh, Kim, you're greenhouse manager. That that's a a, a special job. Uh, plants that have to be in a greenhouse. Yes, there we have a huge selection from cactus to um, succulents, orchids, floor plants, trees, uh, and then we have lots of containers um, to design the orchids in. So there's always something to do in a greenhouse. Ficus and uh, what's the pine? Norfolk Island pine. Norfolk Island pine that are so popular with people, and they have so many problems with dropping leaves. I, we've gotten lots of dropping leaf questions over the years. And that is something that uh, there's a couple things you can do for a ficus to help with that. Uh, number one is once you get it at home, don't repot it right away. Keep it in the grow pot and just put it inside your decorative pot. Uh, make sure it has good drainage and it's not sitting in water. Um, and also, don't move it around. If it drops a few leaves, don't freak out and move it to another, you know, another area because once they, they get acclimated to a certain area, uh, which that helps a lot. Norfolk Island pines don't like the cold very much. Well, Norfolk Island pines, um, we just ordered some, are great in the wintertime. People put little, you know, some people use them for a Christmas tree. Um, but Norfolk Island pines just need, you know, they need some light and um, they're good for growing straight up so they don't take a lot of room up in your home. Yeah. So well, one got so big in my home, I had to get rid of it. Uh, they can. Yeah, yeah it, it got really, really big, but a beautiful plant. Yeah. But they won't work outside at all, even if you find a good um, wall to put it up against. Or yeah, they're not cold hardy. Yeah. So everything in the greenhouse could it it is not cold hardy down to about forty degrees. Yeah. Orchids can't be. They can be on a screen porch, out of full sun, but they can't be below fifty degrees. Orchids are so special, but we we have uh, we have a real time with them. They they won't bloom for a while. We don't understand orchids very well, do we? I mean, they grow in trees in, in Florida, but... They do. They grow upside down in trees. Um, people ask about the aerial roots, and that's what attaches to the tree. Uh, and when you're watering the orchids, you don't want to get water in the middle of the orchid. You want to dip it in a bowl of water. Don't put ice cubes on it. Um, just dip it in a bowl of water about every two weeks. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes people make with orchids is they overwater them. Um, orchids thrive on neglect, which is easy for a lot of people. Um, just forget about them, and they'll do better than if they're overwatered. Well, Ken, I can tell you, I think that 80% of the people were told that you water by putting ice cubes on it. And, and I remember talking to you last year, yeah. 
And somebody asked me that, I said, no, don't do that. Kroger started that. <laughs> Was that it? <laughs> the grocery stores, um, they got mass shipments of orchids that in the pot, it just said, just add ice yeah. on the little tag. And that's uh, where that started. It, it, it's probably been about five years ago that started. Um, but, you know, would you like to have ice down your back? No. no. Um, orchids are tropical flowers. And an ice cube will only melt down about an inch, and you've got about three inches in that um, grow pot. So just tepid water, doesn't have to be distilled water, just regular tepid water. Uh, fertilize them when they're not in bloom. Um, but they are dormant for about eight months, and then they'll send out a new spike. So just set them in a spare bedroom, you know, put them near a windowsill, but not on it. They just, they don't like direct sun. Um, but I have people come in and say they've never fertilized their orchid. They've got a perfect spot, and it keeps on blooming. And I said, well, then don't fertilize it. You know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, How else do we care for uh, an orchid? Uh, do we prune it at all? Or? Oh, yeah. Um, there is a, a little podcast I did that's on the Logan's website on orchid care we also have one that anna did uh, who's a co-worker on house plants but um the uh you trim the roots if they're too big if you're trying to repot it the the other thing you don't want to do is repot an orchid too often uh, they like to stay in their pots three four or five years but if the roots coming out are too numerous and the orchid's starting to tilt or fall over that's when you want to repot it. And you always do it when it's not in bloom. When it's in bloom, doing its thing, leave it alone and enjoy it. Very good. So we're getting good. Uh, do you deal with uh, African violets at all? I'm we do. We have a selection of African violets. Uh, and the that's something else that's popular and people have trouble growing. It is very popular. It's, it's nice to have African violets in the wintertime when there's not many flowers blooming right. outside. Yeah. Um, they like to be bottom watered, and they do like to be fed quite often. And we have a fertilizer that's just some drops you put in the water. Um, a very easy way to take care of them is to get an African violet pot, which is a, a two-piece thing where the, you plant the African violet in the pot, um, and then the bottom pot um, you put the fertilized water in and just sit it in there, and you don't even have to think about it for about a month it will absorb that water through the top pot because it's not glazed. And we have a good selection of those here at Logan's. Very good. Yeah, A it, lot it, of people grow those. It really helps. Um, and they do need bright light, but not direct hot sun. Okay. So they get along well with the orchids. Let's talk to <laughs> Olivia down in Whispering Pines. There's a, there's a really nice old Hello. hotel in Whispering Yeah, good morning, Olivia. Hey, uh, I have uh, two issues I would like to ask you about, and then I'll hang up and listen. Okay. Um, I have a Cherokee Princess um, dogwood that's about four or five years old, eight feet tall. Um, it's been gorgeous up until the l late this season, and uh, it, its leaves turned gray, and it just dropped all its leaves. All of a sudden, I still have green buds, green stems, red berries, but I don't know if there's anything I can do to it now. Uh, I'll, I'll wait for your answer. Uh, and then I have two dwarf petriums that 
uh, supposed to be dwarfs, but they have way You say Laura Pedlam? Yes. Yeah. They have way outgrown their space. And I didn't know if there's a technique uh, to moving them uh, gently without killing all the blooms for next year. Okay, well, yeah, thank you very much for, for calling. Okay, thank you, and we'll I'll talk about this. Listen. All right. The Cherokee, the, the Cherokee uh, sunset, I believe she said, uh, dogwood is just uh, beautiful. But the Florida dogwoods have lots of trouble here. We don't get the anthracnose in this area that we do up in the mountains. But uh, they're, they are very shallow-rooted. People put them in the sunlight. They're an understory tree, traditionally. And uh, they don't work as well around here as they do um, farther, you know, in, in areas that are, that are a little bit cooler and have a little more shade. And uh, the um, Korean dogwood works much better than uh, the Florida dogwood. Uh, if it's dropping leaves, I would, I would check the bark to see if the bark is, is pliable and green. You can check um, the, the layers underneath to see if you've still got, got green. I would make sure that it doesn't have a lot of root competition, and I would uh, never plant in, in full sun. I don't know where this one is planted. Very sandy soil, obviously, in the Whispering Pines area. I would... Uh, wait to, um, you know, this time of year, leaves on trees start getting spots from insects and, and all kinds of things. They don't, they don't look as, uh, our, our deciduous trees don't look as good as they would when they come out in the spring. I would wait until the spring to see how they look. I've got one that's acting up sort of like she describes, and I hadn't watered it in quite some time and you know there's been no rain yeah so they, i watered they need, it they need water I, I watered it two days ago per, uh, peaked right back up mm-hmm. looks good it's not the variety she talked about yeah. but there's one thing that you just said that i do agree with i, I put a massive amount of uh, encore azaleas under it it doesn't need that kind of competition now yeah. the azaleas look better than the dogwood right and i Leave, leave the dogwood alone. And now, if it was an oak tree, the, the oak tree would look better than the dogwoods, probably. Yeah. Because they're going to suck the life out of anything under it. But uh, trees tr- just don't like their roots to stir. But I, I agree with you. She, she just ought to wait and see. Yeah, don't give up on it yet. Uh, I, I don't have that, that variety of, of dogwood, but I've seen them, and I love them. I would not pile the mulch up. People tend to put too much mulch. Three inches of mulch is, is good. But just make sure that you have the mulch. And make sure that it's that it's watered, not overwatered. I don't know what uh, you know if it's in. You know, it may be a problem with too much water. It may be in a low-lying yeah. area. But yeah, you never want to plant a dogwood in a low-lying area. Don't like it won't work. Wet feet, as we say. The Laura Pedlums are. I didn't know you could kill one. <laughs> well, you know the they they aren't always the winners. If we have a really cold winter that can affect affect them some i think pruning them would be more of an issue of uh, losing the blooms than uh, 
moving it. Anytime you move a plant, it's going to be pretty stressful, Tim. And you definitely want to do it when it's dormant, you know, when it's not blooming. Right. And I would, I would do it early spring. Yeah. Um, you know, February. Yeah, kind of thing. absolutely. I have a Laura Pedalum that was supposed to be a miniature, and it's, <laughs> it's about 15 feet tall and and about 10 feet wide well, the now. The guy that Beautiful started this pink. show with me, Irv Evans, and uh, who was. Uh, really helped start the Master Gardener program in North Carolina, always said, don't plant a Laura Pedlum under a window. <laughs> now, I guess you could plant a dwarf one if you're sure it's dwarf, but... Uh, well, my dwarf is about 12 feet tall. <laughs> well, that's it, not, said, it said it was dwarf. That's not good. I mean, they, they can look very very nice with... Uh, I think they want to be basketball players. <laughs> I don't know. I, but I, I, I don't think I'd worry too much about moving it but uh, like Kim said I'd move it in the in, uh, late winter there in February all right well, I hope that takes care is of that, that the same thing that I call a, a Chinese fringe plant yeah I've heard them called the fringe tree yeah yeah well there is another French tree the grandfather beard right but yeah I, I've, I've heard that that term but Laura yeah. Pedlam is is good Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. More of the weekend gardener and Logan straight ahead. It's eight fifty. You're listening to the longest running gardening show on the radio. It's the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All right, it's 8.54. Miss Ann is uh, on vacation, and uh, Brother Rufus is with us, and so is uh, Billy Parker. Good morning, Billy. Hey there. Uh, I'm just out driving around this morning on, on a Saturday morning listen, listening to WPTF uh, Weekend Gardener. In fact, I'm at mm -hmm. a gas station right now on South Saunders Street. There's one gas station left where gas is still uh, $2.99 a gallon. <laughs> oh. You've been driving around all morning trying to find that? No, I, I was over there in Garner, and then I was uh, heading down South Southern Street. There's one that's on, it, it, it's the uh, Sitco Station. And I, uh -huh. uh, I think it's on the corner of uh, Renfro and uh, South Saunders Street. It's, uh -huh. it's the one that's on uh, Caddy Corner to the Exxon Station. Gotcha. Hey, so what's um, going on, Billy? Hey, I was listening to the previous caller talking about the um, AG uh, being a good judge of a drink. Um, and I wanted to tell you what happened to me last night. I was in a bar, and uh, I went up to the bartender and told him to give me a double. And do you know he went back there in the back and, and brought someone out who looks like me? <laughs> well, you know, that, uh, that would really freak me out. <laughs> Uh, I do not want to experience that, Billy. Uh, That's pretty good, Billy. Uh, how, did, how did you feel? It would certainly make no, you buy more drinks. Well, I, I tell you, I just get no respect. No respect. Oh, you know. uh, well. Um, How's your mother, Billy? Hey, uh, well, she has uh, CRS. You're supposed to ask me what's CRS. CRS, what is that? It's, um, it's a very nice way of saying it is can't remember stuff. Yeah, uh, right, yeah. right. So, yeah, a lot of us fall into that category. Well, uh, please uh, send our best to her. Okay, I appreciate it. But uh, 
and also want to tell you uh, uh, at the bottom of the hour news feed, y'all were uh, announcing that there are these uh, uh, rallies going all over the country today for the reproduction rights. And yeah, Billy, you know, this is not the place for that. We're, we're just, uh, you know, <laughs> basically the gardening show. What are you oh, I know that, but I, I just want to say, you know, those are the people that say you can't say men and you can't say women, and I understand some of them are going around saying that men can have babies now. So, okay, uh, well, that, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know what that has has to do with, with gardening oh, or uh, what we do here. You know, it's, it's just, okay. you know, let's leave the controversy someplace else, Billy. Okay. Well, y'all have a right. uh, good day. Yeah, you take it easy. Thank you. 8.56 WPTF time, 919-860-9783. And uh, Brother Rufus is with us. Uh, and uh, I think uh, that uh, Kim is still with us. Kim? I am. Yeah. And a very relaxing place to come is our greenhouse where you can forget about all the issues of the world yeah, let's and don't, come in. Let's and, don't bring them in. This is not and, the place for And them. enjoy. I mean, I have, you know, especially when people have been cooped up with COVID and they come out for the first time and they are just relaxed and right. enjoy and you that's know, what we want the beauty of the greenhouse and, and the, you know, the pansies and the mums are just beautiful. And, um, you know, we're ready to get our fall on. Right. So, Billy, call back, call back with a gardening question. So, uh, Kim, what do you have in the greenhouse that's really interesting right now? Well, we just got in uh, Madagascar palms, which are a little succulent. They kind of look like a palm tree, and they got little um, uh, thorns coming out, but they're unusual. They're four-inch. We've got string of pearls, which a lot of people like. It, they look like peas. That's the best way to describe them. But it's a succulent, and they grow out, and, and it looks like a, a pearl necklace, only it's green. Um, and there's a, uh, we also have string of turtles, which um, this whole fad in the succulent world, there's string of dolphins and string of hearts. And uh, we've got a huge philodendron section. We've got something called dragon's tail. And when it grows, the uh, end of it looks like a dragon's tail. Uh, there's a huge uh, interest in different varieties of philodendron now. Um, we have we had ten of a of a one called Peru that was eighty dollars for a six inch pot, and we don't have any more. We sold them all out. It's um, the the young people are really getting into. Um, collecting different species of uh, different indoor plants and um, it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, uh, what would be a good succulent to put in a cement flower box to just ignore go all it lives all year long I had something I don't know what it was it's still living and I, I can't identify it I should have brought it for you to identify it's it's just it, it hangs over this wooden or this cement box flower box upon a uh, a porch pedestal, and is there something cl close to what I described that would be good we for that? We've got about 10 seconds. Okay, it's probably a sedum. Uh, they are cold hardy. I have some that come back every year. Well, all right, thank you very much, Cam, for joining us. We'll You're be welcome. back. You're welcome.